<laughs> making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judge she'll die alone with a dried-out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. The unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. Girls and women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. 
And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what, you're right, I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt. I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist, who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalize the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob, this vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. <laughs> and I did that alone, and I published it alone, because my chief advisor said, please don't. The reign of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you but I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published, it went viral, it proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world, and when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women, and for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up, the limbic system gets fired, we lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. 
our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex. With real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people Girls, our girls, our boys are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom. And that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us. Our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child. And so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it and we code it and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few. And of course, I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy. And clearly, it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two. Shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. 
edge. The global standard for gender equality is the minimum standard, and guess what? Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there. In 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? <laughs> Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, chairperson, Price Waterhouse Cooper. He asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence. As it is happening, 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. And lastly, believe her. Believe her. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of Chicago, and we are helping to make the world a better place, one show at a time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding the show, downloading the show, and just having a great time. Here we go. to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Republicans' food stamp bill would cut benefits, but not the size of government. Okay? Uh, The Republicans have been after food stamps since day one in office. I mean, since day one that they've taken over. They've been after food stamps. They've been after uh, health care. They've been after Medicare. Anything that's good... uh, in America, that's helping Americans, especially the Americans who can't work uh, because of maybe a disability or something. Uh, maybe they have 10 kids or something like that and they, they need help. Maybe they have a job that doesn't pay them enough to feed their entire family. But the thing about cutting food stamps or getting rid of food stamps, it's not going to mess with, it. it it's not going to uh, lower the cost of government in America. These people want to cut food stamp food stamps because they're just mean and honorary, led by Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, I mean, that's his mantra. That's been his pet peeve since day one uh, becoming a, a politician. 
to cut food stamps, cut Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, cut it all. You know, that's been his pet, pet peeve. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking they're going to try. They're going to try. They're going to try and get this through. Uh, I, I don't think that it's going to help them in the midterms to do this. You know, uh, uh, you know, but that's one of the reasons why the Republicans have not impeached Donald Trump. Have, they haven't talked about it, impeaching him. Uh, because they want Donald Trump to do the dirty work that they themselves are too cowardly to do. Yeah, they they know that Donald Trump, unhinged, unfit, pathological liar, Donald Trump, criminal, they know that this president will sign anything that they put in front of him. So they're still going after uh, food stamps, even though the legislation would plow savings into a new training program among other things. And, and, and again, they want food stamp recipients to either work or take drug tests. And they don't care. They don't care about the uh, statistics that more white people are on food stamps than there are blacks. They don't care anything about that. They just want to hurt people in general. It doesn't matter what color you are. Yeah, they're racist. They're pigs. They're slime balls in, in Washington, D.C., in, in the White House. So, um, yeah, this is the first thing I've seen for May 2nd, you know, the starting of May, still still spring at, at the uh, broadcast of the show. You podcast it later. It'll be uh, a, a later show probably or an earlier show. Okay, Republicans' food stamp plan will cut benefits by billions, by billions of dollars, but would also be a new database of food stamps recipients who they will probably see I want to know who have starved to death. Okay, new job uh, training bureaucracy and an an expanded child support enforcement regime. Okay, they're going to make sure that those guys out there, those guys and girls who are trying to dodge their responsibility of taking care of their kids will be hit the hardest when it comes to um, child support. Which I kind of, I sort of agree with that. You know, I mean, I don't think any man or woman should be skipping out on their own child. You know, I mean, you, ha- I mean, you had the child, you are responsible for that child. Especially if, you, um, if you're working and you don't want to uh, support. And there's so many people out there who do not want to support their own children. There are so many kids out here. Um, kids out here who are fatherless all, only because the father doesn't want their children or the mother doesn't want the child or the father is um, taking care of the child and the mother is somewhere off. Whatever, whatever. I think child support um, um, expansion, uh, child support enforcement and expansion is a good thing in America to try to get these deadbeat fathers and deadbeat mothers to take care, to be a part of their child's life, if not in person, at least monetarily. All right, in other words, the bill might reduce government dependence by kicking people off food stamps. It stands to increase the role of government in other ways, okay? You can kick people off food stamps, but uh, the deficit will be increased in other ways. 
And after a while, correct, <laughs> can't speak. Excuse me. After a while, the Congressional Budget Office says that the bill wouldn't raise spending over uh, the standard 10-year budget window. It, it's upfront costs, and in, and in the next five years, uh, are trying to uh, are not giving conservatives pause. I really don't think. I think it will be a great, great uh, disservice for the Republicans to try to cut food stamps right now heading into the midterms. They're going to get wiped out. They're going to get wiped the hell out. And if they do try to cut food stamps or do cut food stamps before the midterm, uh, with the blue wave and the blue tsunami that's coming, it's going to blow their asses out of Washington, the Democrats are going to put it right back. The Democrats are, are going to reverse everything that they've done. Everything that they've done that's un-American, the Democrats are going to make sure that things stay American. And, and as I've said uh, several times, the, the Republican Party of 2018, going into 2019, I think the Republican Party, I think these people are just goons. I think they're just uh, criminals. I think uh, an unorganized criminal empire. It's I know some people out there are probably smirking at this, but it's true. I do think that. I know, and I do think even James Comey himself said that Donald Trump, uh, to him, uh, acted as if he was some kind of a mob boss, gangster, thug, godfather. And I've, I've said it uh, a thousand times before, James Comey even mentioned that, that Donald Trump was a goon and, and a thug and 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 the Godfather screaming and yelling and bitching every and threatening everybody in the White House and firing people. Uh, it's it's about time for Donald Trump to be fired. This guy is just a mess. Have you seen his latest rallies where he's where he's saying that uh, the laws are stupid and that and that the uh, investigation into his Russia collusion and meddling is a setup. The guy is, he, he can't help himself but to obstruct justice. Right out there in front of the world, he's obstructing justice. And so many people are saying, if you're so guilty, why, I mean, if you're not guilty, why are you acting guilty? And he's constantly acting guilty. He's constantly lying. He's constantly covering up. And now... um I think, and now I think he's trying to get out of uh, answering questions in front of the special counsel, Robert Mueller, because he's seen the questions. And I'm pretty sure at this moment, his lawyers are trying to prep him for this interview of answering questions into the Russia meddling and a lot of other things. And uh, they're prepping him, but, you know, Trump doesn't follow advice. Trump doesn't follow anybody's uh, uh, lead. He follows his own lead. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people are saying Trump should, but I think Trump shouldn't do it because he's going to, I mean, if he's under oath and he commits perjury, that's it. That's jail time, buddy. You're not above the law. It's jail time. So uh, getting back to what I was talking about at the top of the hour here, 
Republicans' food stamp bill would cut benefits, but not the size of government. Yeah, they. As we speak, as we speak, we we haven't been hearing nothing about Congress. Everything that we've been hearing about is Donald Trump, and I've said this before on the show. The more we talk about Donald Trump, the more we focus on focusing on Donald Trump's stupidity, his lies, and his buffoonery. The Republicans in Congress are crafting bills right under our noses without even letting us know that's going to hurt uh, the people of this country. They're crafting bills. Republicans in the, in the Senate, the Republicans in the Ho- House of Representatives, they're crafting bills. And once they get through crafting these bills, uh, without any input from the, from the American people, they're going to slide it onto Donald Trump. And he's going to sign it. And the next thing you know, wow. Millions and millions of people have been cut off food stamps. The disabled, uh, the sick, the indigent, people who, uh, who, who can't afford food no other way. They're going to be cut off food stamps. All because the Republicans just can't stand to see children eat people who are poor, people who are not so poor. Yeah, every, you know, a lot of people think that it's just poor people who are getting food stamps. No way. I mean, you got millions of people who have jobs, who are working. They're also receiving food stamps. You know this, I know that. Food stamp is not a, uh, uh, a poor entitlement. A lot of the reasons why uh, there are so many reasons why working people get food stamps, and that is because a lot of them do not make enough money to buy food, to buy enough food to feed their entire family. So they have to go and get extra help from the government in terms of food stamps. And um, the government, I mean, it's clear that Paul Ryan doesn't give a damn about children. He doesn't give a damn if you if if you on food stamps. He wants to cut you off. He wants to see you drop dead in the middle of the street. He doesn't care. I mean, you can tell these things by his actions. His actions. So I'm I'm thinking that the Republicans aren't going to mess with food stamps because if they do mess with food stamps, uh, it's over for them. They will be run out of Congress and they will never be voted back into office because. What the Republicans are doing to the country currently at this juncture, they will never, ever be elected again to office. No one will ever forget the thuggish criminal uh, empire that the Republicans are. I'm pretty sure there's some good Republicans out there. I mean, there are so many Republicans, even in Congress, that are renouncing their conservatism. They're giving up being a Republican, and they're coming over to the side of Democrats. Democrats. And it's the Donald Trump effect. (laughs) Yes, folks, it's the Donald Trump effect. Donald Trump affects anyone negatively around him. Donald Trump is a crook. The people around him will become crooks. It's the Donald Trump 
effect. Some people call it the Trumpster uh, uh, to that effect. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and it's free talk, folks. Anything goes on the George Wilder Jr. Show, show commentary. You know, it, it, it's uh, a great day in the city of Chicago. It is nice. It's warm. It's beautiful. I was out there. We were out there today, and it just is magnificent. It has gone from winter to summer. Spring has nowhere been found. And it's done this a couple of uh, uh, seasons back. Uh, there's been, we had, we had, we've had a very, very cold winter. And come, come March, come April, it's still cold. It still feels like winter. Come May, come May, it's summer. It's summer. I mean, when you, whenever you have 80 degrees in spring, that means it's summer. Those are summer-like temperatures. Because in springtime, uh, the temperatures are usually 65 to 70. But when you're getting 75, when you're getting 85 uh, temperatures, and now there's some, in some instances, they're talking about 90s, that's summer. Where, where has spring? We, we, we haven't gotten spring yet. It still could show up. It still could show up because this is still early May 2018, and this is still spring. But we're getting summer-like temperatures. And uh, and we're we're taking advantage of it. We like it. We love it. But still, it's weird and it's unseasonable. No, no, folks. I am not a weatherman. I am not a meteorologist. No, I couldn't do that because that's a hard job. A lot of them folks, they don't know what they're talking about. They're wrong all the time. And someone someone talked about that a few years ago, saying how America. America weather people, America meteorologists, the folks on television, how they get it wrong all the time. They're saying America is the only uh, country in the world. They're saying that America is the only country in the world where they can't get the weather right. And that's been confirmed by a lot of uh, uh, weather outlets. But America, I guess the American weather people meteorologists try to come close. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show. It's been four years and counting people. I've been here on the show four years. The George Walter Show is still on the air. We're still doing it. Be nice to one another out there. Um, hate and lies have no home here. Uh, again, stay away from those who do not, who are not on your side. The George Wanda Jr. Show is now on the air. Make sure you sure you go to Amazon and you check out my work on Amazon. Pick up a story or a book on Amazon. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself in summer. Summer is finally here. <laughs> yeah, summer. It could it could go back to being spring because this is uh, the season for spring. But uh, you know, April was like, I mean, it was freezing in April. It's, at least, in, at least here in Chicago, it was kind of kind of nippy. Anyway, uh, this is George Carlin. He's on. He's going to be talking about getting old. We're all going to get old. Everybody's going to get old, right? Uh, nobody's going to stay young and cute and 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 strong. We're all going to go get old, very old, and we're all going to die. Uh, I don't mean to be too facetious about that or too straightforward, but that's that's what's going to happen. We are going to get old. We are going to die. And it's just simple physics, kind of, so to speak. Okay. But this is George Carlin. George Carlin is a uh, 
comedian, and he uh, he actually passed away a few years ago. And uh, some of the things he's have said about it in his comedy shows are ringing true today. And and I wish him, I bless him, uh, that he is now resting in peace with himself. I'm pretty sure he's at peace with this. But anyway, this is George Carlin on the George Wilder Jr. Show talking about getting old. Perhaps you've noticed we no longer have old people in this country. They're all gone now, replaced by senior citizens. Somehow we wound up with millions of these unfortunate creatures known as golden agers or mature adults. These are cold, lifeless, antiseptic terms, typically American, all ways of sidestepping the fear of aging. And it's not difficult to understand the fear of aging. It's natural and it's universal. No one wants to get old. No one wants to die. But we do. We die. And we don't like that. So we shade the truth. I started doing it when I reached my 40s. I'd look in the mirror at that time and think, well, I guess I'm getting older. That sounded a little better than old. Sounded like it might even last a bit longer. But people forget that older is comparative, and they use it as an absolute. She's an older woman. Oh, really? Older than what? Than she used to be? Well, yeah. So? People think getting old is bad because they think being old is bad. But you know something? Being old is it's just nice. fine. In fact, it can be terrific. Yeah, it's fine. And anyway, it's one of those things you don't get to choose. It's not optional. But that insufferable group among us known as baby boomers, ages 42 through 59 as of 2005, are beginning to get old. And they're having trouble dealing with that. Remember, these baby boomers are the ones who gave us this soft, politically correct language in the first place. So rather than admit they're getting old, the baby boomers have come up with a new term to describe themselves as they approach the grave. They don't care for middle-aged. So instead, get this, folks, instead, they claim to be pre-elderly. Don't you love that? Pre-elderly. It's a real word. You don't hear it a lot, but it's out there. The boomers claim that if you're between 50 and 65, you're pre-elderly. But I'd be willing to bet that in 2011, when they begin turning 65, they will not be calling themselves elderly. I have a hunch they'll come up with some new way of avoiding reality. And I have a suggestion for them. They should call themselves the pre-dead. It's a perfect term because for them, it's accurate and it's highly descriptive. By the way, those ever-clever boomers have also come up with a word to describe the jobs they feel are most suitable for retired people who wish to keep working. They call these jobs elder-friendly. Isn't that sad? God, that's just really, really sad. And so, to sum it up, we have these senior citizens. And whether I like that phrase or not, unfortunately, I got used to it and I no longer react too violently when I hear it. But there is still one description for old people that I'll never accept. That's when I hear someone describe an old guy as being, for instance, 80 years young. Even though I know it's tongue-in-cheek, it makes my skin crawl. It's overly cute and precious, and it's an evasion. It's junk language. 
On CBS's 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl, God help her, actually referred to some old man as being a 90-something. Please, Leslie, I need a small personal break here. One last pathetic example in this category. On the radio, I heard Matt Drudge actually refer to people of age. And he wasn't being sarcastic. He said the West Nile virus is a particular threat to people of age. Poor Matt. Apparently, he's more fucked up than he seems. <laughs> now, going to an adjacent subject, one unfortunate fact of life for many of these 80 or 90-somethings is that they're forced to live in places where they'd rather not be. Old people's homes. So what name should we use for these places where we hide our old people? When I was a little boy, there was a building in my neighborhood called the Home for the Aged. It had a copper sign on the gate. Home for the Aged. It always looked deserted. I never saw anyone go in. Naturally, I never saw anyone come out either. Later, I noticed people started calling those places nursing homes and rest homes. Apparently, it was decided that some of these old people needed nurses, while others just needed a little rest. What you hear them called now is retirement homes, or long-term care facilities. There's another one of those truly bloodless terms, long-term care facilities. But actually, it makes sense to give it a name like that, because if you do, you make it a lot easier for the person you're putting in there to acquiesce and cooperate with you. I remember old people used to tell their families, Whatever you do, don't put me in a home. Please, don't put me in a home. But it's hard to imagine one of them saying, Whatever you do, don't put me in a long-term care facility. So calling it that is really a trick. Come on, Grandpa, it's not a home. It's a long-term care facility. By the way, while we're on this subject of the language of getting old, I want to tell you something that happened to me in New York on a recent evening. I was standing in line at the Carnegie Deli to pay my check, and there was a guy ahead of me who looked like he was in his 60s. He gave the cashier a $10 bill, but apparently it wasn't enough. When the cashier mentioned it to him in a nice way, he said, Oh, I'm sorry, I guess I had a senior moment. And I thought how sad that was. To blame a simple mistake on the fact that you're in your 60s, even if you're just sort of joking. As if anyone would think a 20-year-old couldn't make the same mistake. I only mention this because it's an example of how people can brainwash themselves by adopting popular language. I wanted to pull them aside and say, listen, I just heard you refer to yourself as a senior. And I wanted to ask, were you by any chance a junior last year? Because if you weren't a junior last year, then you're not a senior this year. I wanted to say it, but I figured, why would he listen to me? After all, I'm still a freshman.
Nancy Pelosi says she will run for speaker. Some Democrats are running uh, in the other direction. I think I I think Nancy Pelosi has seen her day. I think it's time for new blood. I I do need new think, and I'm not the only one thinking that way. You know, a lot of people out there saying Nancy is uh uh it's over for Nancy. I mean, she's 78, 79 years old. I mean, she should step aside. And, uh, and another thing about Nancy Pelosi, she's saying that she doesn't want to impeach Donald Trump. 70 to 75% of the people in America want Donald Trump out of their White House. Nancy Pelosi said we should not impeach Donald Trump, that we should be focused on serving the American people. You hey, that's one of the ways you can serve the American people is to impeach Donald Trump. And then there are people saying that Nancy Pelosi is right, that she's actually hoping that Donald Trump, um, um, she's hoping that Donald Trump do himself in. And that's basically what he's doing, doing himself in. But uh, we want Donald Trump impeached. Nancy Pelosi saying no. It, she could be saying no because she's she could be like the uh, Republicans. She's uh, uh, sided with the Republicans many times in the past. Okay, I think uh, Nancy Pelosi probably should go because of age, and not necessarily because she doesn't want to impeach Donald impeach Donald Trump. But I mean. Hey, wow, she's got a few more years left. Why don't why don't she just enjoy her children, her drink grandchildren, her great grandchildren, you know, and leave that mess behind? No, but she's saying she's want, she wants to run again. And some Democrats are not uh so sure about wanting her as speaker. 
you know, they should get someone younger. A lot of them are saying the same things. Same thing, we should get someone who's a lot younger. Nancy has, has served the country well, I believe. And she doesn't want to impeach Donald Trump, and that pisses a lot of other people, a lot of people off. You know, I mean, Nancy, uh, Nancy Pelosi, just like any other uh, representative in Congress, is a servant of the American people. If the American people say they want Donald Trump impeached, then the first thing she should put on her docket is impeachment. They should draw up, uh, uh, unanimously draw up articles of impeachment. You know, I mean, she's a public servant, but I guess she feels she know better than uh, 70 to 75 percent of the Americans who want Donald Trump impeached. I'm with them. I'm like um, Maxine Waters. I'm with the 70 or 75 percent who wants him impeached. You know, so uh, she could lose because of that. You know, but she may have her reasons for not wanting to impeach Donald Trump. She may have her reasons and they may be valid. They may sound great. But this man is destroying the country. This man is destroying uh, the country. America, uh, America has lost its status and standing in the world because of Donald Trump. Leaders around the country, they're laughing at Donald Trump. You know, America, I mean, we're in the sewer because of Donald Trump. And we studied steadily going down into the sewer while he laughs like a buffoon and lies. Okay, Pelosi says she'll run for speaker. Some Democrats are running the other way. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think her time is over. I, but she wants to stay in office. And this is one of the reasons why Donald Trump himself and so many other politicians are calling for term limits. Term limits. Donald Trump is calling for, check this out, Donald Trump is calling for term limits, even though he wants to be president forever. <laughs> but he wants everybody else. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. But he wants to be president forever. Okay, Nancy Pelosi. Representative Nancy Pelosi has settled a looming question heading into November's midterm elections. She will run for House Speaker if, Democrat, if Democrats win a majority next fall. If we will win, I will run for speaker. You know, I don't think she should. This I'm quoting her. She's saying, I feel confident about it, and my members do too. Give me a break. Though it was a though it was long assumed that Pelosi would run for speaker again, the assurance is both a gift and a curse for the party uh, heading into this this year's crucial midterm elections. It gives more potency to a message Republicans have long employed. Vote for the Democrat, get Pelosi as speaker. I've got nothing against uh, Pelosi except that she will, she doesn't want to impeach Trump. And that she's 78, 79 years old and she should retire. Um, her comments will now surely be featured in the run between now and November, laying the California uh, Democrat and her policies, laying out those policies at the feet of the Democrats who hope to unseat vulnerable Republicans in swing states districts. Wow. 
most Republicans are quitting. They're resigning, taking the money. And there's been reports that this tax cut that that, that the uh, uh, Republicans passed a few months ago helped. They're making corporations richer and richer, and uh, the middle class, the poor, has seen nothing. We all knew it was a tax scam. Yeah, and Donald Trump, just like I just got through saying, uh, uh, he couldn't wait to sign into, into law because he knew that it helped the rich more than it helped the poor, if if at all, helping the poor at all. Okay, Pelosi is the face of the far-left progressive agenda that would do great harm to our country. That's a Republican, I'm pretty sure. Jesse Hunt, the press secretary of National Republican Congressional Committee. Of course, uh, Republicans are going to uh, blast, demonize Democrats as they go into the midterm election. And a lot of these uh, uh, re- vulnerable Republicans in these swings and swing districts, they're going to demonize the Democrats. But the Democrats have to stand stand pat and, and listen to the American people. Listen to the pu- public, the servants. Listen to us. No matter what the Republicans come up with, and they're going to come up with a lot of shit, no matter what the Republicans come up with, we've got to be able to knock them. They're going to lie. They're going to fly. They're going to try to suppress the vote. They're going to cheat. They're going to scream. They're going to yell. we got Fox going to yell their asses off. The Koch brothers are going to be putting in a bunch of money. So it's going to be one of those... Uh, um, Elections where money plays a big role. But I've said on the other shows, if we get out here in massive, massive, uh, and there's a massive, massive turnout, there's nothing the Republicans can do, even if they try to cheat. There will be too many people out here voting for them to try to cheat. And as I sit here right now in my studio talking to you, the Republicans are trying to crap, come up with something to suppress the vote. They're trying to come up with something to keep you from going to the polls. And if they do try to come up with something that's illegal, which is probably will be, illegal, uh, ridiculous, stupid, we're going to take them to court. They're going to court on this because they are going to try to suppress the vote, hopefully with a lot of uh, intelligent smart people out here who will know that. And if you're going to vote uh, in the midterms or, or any uh, or at any time uh, during the midterm, know who you're voting for. Republican, Democrat, or Independent, know who you're voting for. You just cannot vote for people who look good. You cannot vote for people who sound good. You cannot vote for people who... Um, Walk up and kiss your baby, your little infant. You cannot vote for people who have great-sounding names. You have to vet these people. You have to do your research. Do your research. Vet these people. Find out who they really, really are. Or you might get a, you might get a Harvey Weinstein. You might get a, a Bill Cosby. You might get a uh, James Franco. You might get a Donald Trump. 
for that matter, vet these people so you know that the people you're going to vote for, they are going to serve your interest and your interest only. And you make sure that you tell them that you are their bosses. You voted for them. You put them in office. You gave them great, great health care that they didn't, they, that they couldn't get anywhere else. And the minute they go against you, the voter, you should be able to vote their answers out, kick them out right then and there. Because the Republicans who are, are, are the Republicans in Congress right now who are basically protecting Trump, they know they're out of there, but they're still protecting Trump. They know they're going to get their asses kicked to the curve in the midterm, but they're dead fast in protecting Trump. They don't care because they're crooks. They just don't care. A lot of these Republicans, these representatives in Congress, they, they are avoiding their constituency. They, they are not going to town halls because they're not going to go to the town halls because they know they're going to get their asses handed to them. They're going to get ripped the new asshole. That's why they don't go to their own town halls to meet the people, to talk to the people, to answer questions from those who put their asses in office. And then they know they're going to be out of office. They know they will not be back there. But still, they are afraid of Donald Trump. They are afraid to stand up to Donald Trump. A lot of them don't like Donald Trump. They think he's ridiculous. They think he's like Guido, that he's unfit for office. Yet, they will not do anything. Even when their own constituency, calling their office, emailing them, Facebooking them, telling them this is what they want, but they think they're smarter than us. The Republicans in Congress, they think they're smarter than us. They think they know better than we do. When we gave them their jobs, we've given them their jobs. They think they're smarter than us. No, I think the people who gave them their jobs, we're the smarter ones. They've just turned corrupt and thuggish and criminal. Now, someone was asking me uh, maybe a few minutes ago, uh, do I think Donald Trump is going to go to jail? In some cases, I don't even want Donald Trump impeached. I've said it on the show sometimes uh, that I don't want Donald Trump impeached. I want to see... What I want to see, I want to see Donald Trump go to prison. Impeachment is just too, it's just too easy, you know. And a lot of people have felt that way too. Said, no, 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 don't impeach him. Let him ride the wave until he goes to jail. Because impeachment means he goes scot free. But I don't really think so. I don't think impeachment means that Donald gets all of this. I think. What Donald Trump has done and what he is doing, it's going to follow him for the rest of his life. It's going to follow him for the rest of his life, especially when he's not in office anymore. He's not, if he's still alive, if, if, if a stroke doesn't kill him uh, over all of this mess. Uh, he's going to be, uh, this is going to haunt him for the rest of his life. This is going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Now he's in. He's the president of the United States. He's surrounded by secret service. He's surrounded by 
the Capitol Police. He's surrounded by a lot of bodyguards right now. He's surrounded by everybody. But once he's out of office, he he will not have that Secret Service uh, detail anymore. In other words, he will not have that protection anymore. And people are going to be coming after his ass. And he knows it. He knows it. His family, I believe, I haven't heard anything about Donald Trump's family, but I actually believe that his family, they're in hiding. I mean, he has a large family. I mean, his two boys, those ignorant looking guys who go out and, and kill uh, game, who go out, and, go out in the uh, jungle, wherever they go, and they kill lions and they kill these beautiful animals. I just think that's atrocious. You know, I, I really, really do. Uh, but Donald Trump, I mean, he's ha- he has a target on his back. I mean, for what he's doing to America and the kind of person that he is. And he doesn't even realize that. His family isn't hiding. They can't come out in public. They can't really go anywhere. They can't. And he knows it and they know it. And Donald Trump is making it even harder for his family to come out in public and enjoy themselves by his unhinged rallies, his crazy and foolish talk, uh, the things he says. Uh, there are a lot of people saying Donald Trump is just a blabbermouth. <laughs> if anybody is doing the leaking out of the White House, it's Donald Trump. If anybody is incriminating themselves, it's Donald Trump. And... Uh, I just feel I feel kind of sorry for for the uh, Trumps because they are in a bubble. I mean, they they're in a bubble. I mean, they try to come out in public or anything, come out in public, maybe go to a mall or something or a shopping center or even go to the beach. You know, they could be attacked because of Donald Trump. So I'm pretty sure that his family is living in a bubble and by Donald Trump being so protected because he's president, but once he's not president anymore, he doesn't have all of this detail, um, they will still have to live in a bubble. They will still have to live in a bubble. I think Donald Trump has actually uh, made it hard for his family to come out into the public and enjoy um, the surroundings out in public. You never know. A lot of crazies are out here. Created by Donald Trump. A lot of crazies are out here. All right, you've been listening to the George Walter Jr. Show, 703. Uh, Chicago time, it feels good. It feels like summer. It's beautiful. It's cloudy. I believe it's going to rain. That's what it looks like. Wherever you are in the world, I hope. I hope it's nice. <laughs> I hope the weather-wise. I hope it's pretty good weather weatherized. And so you can get out and enjoy yourself. This is great weather for for people to get out and enjoy themselves. Even if you're taking a 30-minute walk around the neighborhood or jog or whatever, walking your dog or something, going to the park, to the lake, this is great for people to get out, you know, get out of the house. A lot of people were um, stuck in the house because it was just so damn cold to go out. You know, they're stuck in the house and all this kind of thing. But now that it's warm, get out there and get some exercise, get that blood flowing. <laughs> And uh, just start to feel good about yourself. There's no time to feel depressed. There's no time to feel lonely. There's no time to feel uh, as if you uh, don't belong. 
always feel um, positive. Uh, do not let depression get you down. Uh, and just get out here and enjoy yourself. It's beautiful. Even if you're just taking a 30-minute walk, get, get the hell out. You, you don't have to go on a, uh, a $500,000 vacation just <laughs> to, to uh, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the weather in your own neck of the woods, in your own neighborhood. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio.
right. This is long. This has been long. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Here we are, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Like a porn star says when she's about to have sex with a Trump, let's get this over with. <laughs> yep, kiddos, this is your getting tonight. I'm going to skip it a lot of the normal pleasantries. We're at a Hilton. It's not nice. This is on C-SPAN. No one watches that. Trump is president. It's not ideal. The White House Correspondent Association, thank you for having me. The monkfish was fine. <laughs> and just a reminder to everyone, I'm here to make jokes. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to get anything accomplished. So everyone that's here from Congress, you should feel right at home. Now, before we get too far, a little bit about me. A lot of you might not know who I am. I'm 32 years old, which is Should an odd care? age. 10 years too young to host this event and 20 years too old for Roy Moore. <laughs> I know, he almost got elected. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Honestly, I never really thought I'd be a comedian, but I did take an aptitude test in seventh grade, and this is 100% true. I took an aptitude test in seventh grade, and it said my best profession was a clown or a mime. <laughs> well, I first it said clown, and then I heard my voice and was like, or maybe mime. Sound like you're in a <laughs> vacuum, sweetheart. And I know as much as some of you might want me to, it's 2018, and I'm a woman, so you cannot shut me up. Unless you have Michael Cohen wire me $130,000. Michael, you can find me on Venmo under my porn star name, Reince Priebus. Reince just gave a thumbs up. Okay. Uh, now, people are saying America is more divided in, than ever, but I think no matter what you support politically, we can all agree that this is a great time for craft stores. Because of all the, pro of all the protests, poster board has been flying off the shelves faster than Robert Mueller can say, you've been subpoenaed. <laughs> and thanks to Trump, pink yarn sales are through the roof. After Trump got elected, women started knitting those pussy hats. When I first saw them, I was like, that's a pussy? I guess mine just has a lot more yarn on it. Yeah. Should have done more research before you got me to do this. Now, there is a lot to cover tonight. There's a lot to go over. I can't get to everything. Yeah, I know. If you've ever been in an argument with an avid Donald Trump supporter, you will very quickly find out that these people have no idea what they're talking about when they defend the president. Usually they'll revert to some kind of tactic of, ah, liberals are stupid. You snowflake, go find your safe space. That's about all they can do. They'll say that, oh, you're being funded by George Soros. Cause that's also another common Republican talking point. But here's the thing. This is what Republicans all around this country have to be willing to admit at this point. You Republican voters out there voted for a very pathetic loser 
to be our president of the United States. There is no other way to say that at this point. Donald Trump is pathetic. He is whiny and he's a loser. Yeah, he won the electoral vote, whatever. You can win things and still be a loser though. And that's what Donald Trump is. His response to Hurricane Harvey is the latest example of what a horrible human being Donald Trump truly is. All of his uh, uh, policies that he's gone along with and wanting Republicans to push about taking away money uh, from after school programs to give it a tax cut to the rich, that's pathetic and that's disgusting. And that's what you voted for. In the last seven and a half months, Donald Trump has killed more civilians in the Middle East than Barack Obama did in eight years. That's from the latest reports coming out of what's going on in those wars that a lot of us forget even are going on right now that Donald Trump is in charge of. Donald Trump is having our military overseas kill civilians. Again, disgusting. But Trump voters don't seem to understand that. And yes, I understand Donald Trump is losing support among some Republicans, but there are plenty of hardcore people out there who refuse to accept the truth. I've seen a lot of Republicans come out and say, I do not support him anymore. This man is horrible. I was duped. I was lied to. I fell for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said to give Donald Trump a chance once he was elected. I regret that. That's from both Democrats and Republicans at this point. But those people who refuse to step up and admit that Donald Trump is probably the worst possible human being alive in the United States that we could have elected to be our president. Those are the people that have to understand that they were pawns and they still are. Do you think the Republican party actually cares about you? Well, if you're not donating millions of dollars to super PACs or their campaigns, they don't, they don't care if you drink poisoned water because they let corporations dump all their toxic chemicals into it. They don't care that you can't breathe clean air because we're letting corporations spew as much CO2 in the atmosphere as possible. They don't care that you don't have clean water because we're not going to put in new pipes. We're going to let you drink out of contaminated, deteriorating lead pipes. They don't care that your children are failing school because they can't afford glasses. They don't care that you can't go to the doctor because you can't afford health insurance. They don't care. And the sooner you wake up and admit that you voted for a loser, the sooner we as a country can pick up the pieces and move on and try to fix things. But as long as we have these Trump holdovers, those people who refuse to accept reality, we are constantly, be it either by the president of the United States or members of the house of representatives or the Senate, We're going to be living with a faction of this country trying to hold us back, hold us down and take us backwards because that is exactly what these people who refuse to admit that Donald Trump is a horrible president are doing to this country. And it's what they're going to continue doing to this country until they finally open their eyes and admit that they were wrong. If you're thinking about subscribing to our channel, I strongly encourage you to do that new videos every day. Hi, this is Dr. Vince Balanzi. I want to talk to you about anti-aging. Honoring Dr. King hours after this kind of hate-filled speech makes a mockery of Dr. King. I would argue that a fox...
Trump's favorable ratings are the lowest, I believe, for any president who has served the length of time that he has served. So people look at Washington. All right, Bernie hey Sanders. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website yeah, is slash author slash G Wilder or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. All right. CNN says, CNN says that Mueller is focused, is, um, Mueller's focus is on collusion, former Trump campaign aide said. And Trump has been saying forever, no collusion, there's no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, there's no collusion. He's still tweeting no collusion. But Robert Mueller, special counsel, Robert Mueller is not buying it. He is, <laughs> once again, Trump is um, sweating bricks, sweating bricks. Okay, and this is totally unbelievable. I think I talked about this a little yesterday on the show that that there are people around the country, maybe even around the world, saying that Trump deserves to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Give me a break. Uh, it's rigged. It's it's just because people are saying that he deserves to win it, and I, um, most of us do not think so. But just because people are saying that he deserves to win it doesn't mean he's going to win it. Just like Trump has said that he wanted his face on on Mount Rushmore with the other presidents. It's not going to happen. Trump talks out of his ass sometimes, and he really, really, truly does. I was being facetious when I first said it, but this guy really does. I mean, he talks every time he, he, he talks, basically what he brings up situations to to distract. He'll bring up something to distract you from uh, thinking or talking about that particular scandal uh, to focus on his latest scandal. He talks to distract. But but he doesn't realize every time he opens his mouth, every time he tweets, these are going against... uh, what his lawyers want him to do. These are going, this is going against his lawyer's advice, but Trump doesn't follow advice. That's the reason why he's having trouble hiring and keeping and holding on to lawyers. He doesn't follow advice because he thinks he's smarter than the people who have law degrees and he barely has a college degree from what I understand. So, you know, I mean... But uh, Mueller's focus is on collusion. And we uh, you can't get him on collusion, get him on obstruction of justice. Get him on something. Get him on perjury, lying. Because, because as of tonight, today, tomorrow, Trump has told, and it's well documented, Trump has told over 3,000 lies. 
3,000 lies. He should be impeached on. He should be impeached on. I mean, 3,000 lies in office. If this was a black president or any other president, Democrat, they wouldn't have got this far. The only reason why Trump is still in office is, is because the Republicans are complicit. They are just as bad as he is. Even this slimy Mike Pence, ass-kissing Mike Pence. There's nobody who can kiss ass better than Mike Pence. If you've seen that uh, 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 tape, the videotape of him kissing Trump's ass for about three minutes in the Oval Office, it was, a sh- it was shameful. But apparently, Mike Pence loved it. You know, yeah. so, and a lot of people are saying, well, if we impeach Donald Trump, we're going to get Mike Pence. I think Mike Pence is also tied up into tied up in this Russia investigation. I think uh, Paul Ryan is tied up uh, into this uh, Russia investigation. So I don't. So I think when the uh, shoe drop, I think Donald Trump is, will not be the only one going to jail or being impeached. I, and Paul Ryan is claiming that he's not going to run again. And I, I know he's only forty-five years. 45 years old. He's only 45 years old. That's young. The reason why he's not running again, because he knows he's implicated in this Russia shit. The money. Follow the money. And and that's a lot of them. But even if you do not run again and you become a private citizen, you can still go to jail because you've committed these offenses while you were in office. You committed crimes against the United States. Donald Trump is totally a is totally treason, treasonous, a treasoner or whatever. Uh, so he, I mean, you can, a lot of these Republicans are resigning. They're quitting their jobs. I think it's been about 30 or 40 of them uh, to run, resign and quit. And they're not going to run again. Uh, uh, and there are some of them who are not going to run again because they just can't stand working around Donald Trump. Donald Trump just uh, taints everybody around him. You know, I mean, if Donald Trump lies, everybody around him is going to lie. If he's a crook, everybody around him is going to be a crook. He is pathetic. I mean, if you watch his rallies, if you, if you, his crazy ass tweets, he tweets, sometimes he tweets 40 times a day. Misspelling, uh, grammar mistakes, he doesn't give a damn. I mean, I mean, Remember the time we we used to say to our young children, if you want to, you can be anything you want. You could even be the president of the United States. Would you tell them that now? (laughs) Especially with Trump in office. (laughs) But you know what? I still believe in the um, in the system. I I still believe in the White House. We just we just got an asshole in there that we have to get out. Um, uh, I still believe in. In the system, I still believe in uh, the presidency, but just not in this president. He's awful. Um, he is totally, totally awful. And some of his supporters are just awful. And just like, and just like Donald Trump, uh, his supporters are also violent. They are prone to violence because they know that their king in the White House, he is prone to violence. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, so Trump supporters are totally prone to violence 
and and name calling just like <laughs> just like Donald Trump name calling liar uh just trying to destroy what it just trying to destroy everything that's good for America so you know uh it's all over the place folks it is all over the place you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Black Talk Radio uh we just got about maybe about three more minutes left into the show we have been um it's been really interesting this this show, and uh, like I said before, I'm going up on four years uh, this August doing the show. I, I wish I had a, I actually wished I could have started the show a lot sooner, but there were issues. <laughs> Believe me, I mean I had to overcome a lot of negative issues, negative things in my life in order to do this. I should have started it a long time ago, but hey, wow, better late than never, right? All right, turn into the George Wilder Jr. Show. We should have some great guests next month, starting next month in June. Uh, or I'm pretty sure uh, um, sometime this month. There's going to be a book sale at the library. <laughs> why, why am I saying that, right? All right, you've been uh, listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We're just about off the air here. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank everybody for uh, being... Um, uh, taking a little bit out of your time to listen to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Remember, there's a lot of podcasts on this show. I think I've done uh, over 500, uh, and they're they're all available here. And anytime that I'm not on the air, you can always listen to a podcast of the show. It'll sound like I'm on live because that's what it's all about is being on live. And we're all about making the world a better place. Be nice to one another. Be nice to one another out there. Be good to one another. Okay. And I will see you tomorrow on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Bye bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great evening, whichever one comes first. And you, you're hearing it first from the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for tuning in.
hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Hello.